This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Israel at war and possibly the world at war. This is an enormous day and the stakes could not be higher. And I think about just how horrifying and how brutal the attacks by Hamas was. You look at the images, you see what I have seen. I'm sure you have seen these images of young kids and mothers Women, there's a Holocaust survivor being dragged by her hair, being pulled. She's in a wheelchair, and now she has been taken hostage. There was another naked woman who was dragged by the Hamas terrorists in the back of a pickup truck. This is brutal. This is ugly, and it's about to get a lot worse. I wish I had better news tonight on the Rita Cosby show. This is a horrifying experience, and I think one of the worst nightmares the world could ever imagine. Israel under siege, barrage by thousands upon thousands of strikes by Hamas terrorists. And it looks like it is not letting up. We also know that Israel has now started the counteroffensive. And as we speak tonight... There are reports that Israel is amassing anywhere between 100 to 300,000 troops to go in and do a full ground invasion of Gaza. The stakes could not be higher. There are said to be more than 100 hostages. And we are learning in the last few hours that potentially there are American hostages there. We know that 11 Americans are among those who have been brutally killed by the Hamas terrorists. And there's word that there are Americans again that have been taken into captivity. And many people believe that they're in those tunnels deep below Gaza City, which is typically what they have found in the past where the terrorists have put them. They've also put their weaponry, uh, and this is going to be very brutal. It's going to be very ugly, and there's no making around this. This is going to be a bloody, bloody fight. And this is a fight for Israel's existence, who is our greatest ally in the Middle East. Who do you blame for this, and what does Israel need to do now? When you hear the savagery and the thuggery of these Hamas terrorists, the brutality. There are reports tonight that they are brutalizing the hostages and then using the hostages' own phones and putting it up on social media on their sites. Can you imagine? They want the world to be shocked and disgusted, and we are. And Israel tonight, 
I just say to you, they have no choice. They need to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. They need to go in and they need to level Gaza. I have been to that part of the world quite a bit. I've seen a lot of these players up close. There is no gray. When I hear now some people protesting in the streets of New York, some of them saying, oh, you know, this is a good thing what's happening to Israel. Are you kidding me? These are these Democratic socialists who have come out and they are saying essentially this is a good thing that Israel has been an oppressor and they basically deserved it and these attacks should keep on coming. That is horrifying, that is disgusting, and that is shameful. And where are the courageous Democrats that need to step up and need to say enough? These people do not deserve to be called Democrats. Anybody who's siding with that, there is no fine line here. It's obvious. Israel was doing its daily work, doing its daily job, having a happy time. There were kids at a music festival, and suddenly Hamas terrorists come in via glider and bulldozer and truck in an orchestrated attack, which obviously we're going to get to in a minute how this happened. How could it have happened with Israel's amazing Iron Dome, one of the best in the world defense systems? And by the way, later on in this hour, we're going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, who is head of Project Sentinel and the London Center, a retired DOD Intel operative. He's going to be calling in in about 25 minutes to give us his take on what he thinks Israel needs to do now. Because if they don't wipe Hamas off the face of the earth now, Hamas is going to come back stronger. They're going to come back more coordinated and they will continue assaults on the Jewish population. There's no gray here. It's good versus evil. And it is despicable. And it is time to act. When I saw it this weekend, first of all, I also thought of appeasement by this administration. In my opinion, this administration is shameful. This administration just unfroze $6 billion to Iran, the world's leading sponsor of terrorism. And they're saying, oh, no, we don't think there's any connection between that, our appeasement policy that we have seen with this administration and with the Obama administration. This is just a continuation of it. And then our president dares to talk about climate change. And there's word he's going to have another climate event later this week. How could you have any event when your greatest ally in the Middle East is under siege and right now may not survive? You are getting hammered from every different direction. The northern part of Israel right now, Hezbollah, is coming through. They're bursting through. They're hammering them with rockets as we speak. And that is also sponsored by Iran. And you're thinking about climate change? The president put a lid. What that means is no events on his calendar. He had an easy day today. He had a barbecue over the weekend. And he had a lid at 1130 a.m. today. Where is our president? Where is our leadership? Where is the world's leadership? We better come to the aid of Israel and we better hurry up soon because this Islamic threat is coming to a city near us. And that's the sad thing with our wide open border and with the history of New York, sadly, being a major terror target. We've seen it in the past. We do not want to see it again. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And as I mentioned, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer is going to be joining us 
in about 20 minutes or so to give us his take on what he thinks needs to be done. He's been in many terror hotspots around the globe. Does he think it is time for the U.S. to play a greater role? What exactly does Israel, first off, need to do? The fact that they have hostages there, they're going to try to go in and try to save some of those hostages. Israel has had a decent history at getting some hostages. But these guys are brutal. They are executing, they are beheading Israeli soldiers. Think about what's going on right now, thousands of miles away from us. They are literally beheading and they are raping some of the soldiers, some of the female women civilians that have been captured. This is horrific. This is war at its worst, and it is war at its most brutal. What are we going to do? Where is American leadership and where is leadership for freedom in the world? Here is a woman just over the weekend asking for help, pleading that someone helps the kidnapped civilians in Israel. Take a listen. All the institutions of the world that help kidnap civilians. And here is also a woman pleading for the return of an 85-year-old woman. She's a Holocaust survivor who's dragged by her hair in a wheelchair. Uh, And this woman is pleading for her return tonight. We found a video of her taken away uh, with three or four, I don't know, uh, armed guards. I hope they treat them okay. Please bring them back home for us. They have done nothing wrong. It is gut-wrenching. Uh, it is uh, It is so upsetting. It is so gut-wrenching. What is America going to do? What is the world going to do? Our great newsman, Bob Brown, was saying that tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time, President Biden is going to address the country. So let's hear what he has to say. Does he have a plan? Is he going to freeze those $6 billion that they just unfroze that went from a bank in South Korea to Qatar? So that way Iran won't have access to that money. Because you can bet they said, God, suddenly we have $6 billion coming to us, even though it's, quote, for humanitarian aid. Maybe then that frees up $6 billion to go get arms. And then we can use that money for humanitarian aid. Boy, I'm seeing a horrible pattern of appeasement. And look where we are now. This president, we now have a war in Europe. We had the most pathetic withdrawal ever in American history, what we saw out of Afghanistan, leaving our troops behind and leaving American citizens and allies behind. And now we have the Middle East on fire tonight. What is going on under this president? And are they taking advantage, as I believe, of an incredibly weak American leadership? This is a huge concern. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Line four. Mike, uh, this is a nightmare scenario, not just for Israel, but for the world. Rita, you summed it up. I could not have said it better. Outrageous, uh, outrageous animalistic devils, Hamas, uh, Hezbollah, terrorists, and what has Biden done since Saturday? No response at all. An outrageous man. It really is. 
and Israel, it's the worst attack they've seen in a half a century. Devils are doing their work. And I'll be damned. Excuse my language. I'll be damned, Rita, if uh, uh, people around the world have to solidify because anti-Semitism has increased almost 500 percent. This is getting really, you know, history repeats itself. It reminds me of that lady uh, uh, who was uh, walking around in a wheelchair. She was a Holocaust survivor. This reminds me of, of the devil in, in, in Germany and Hitler, World War II. And this is just, you know, plus the fact they have capability for nuclear weapons. It is, you know, wild beyond comprehension, Rita. Wild. It is. And you cannot appease evil. That is the message, as you know all too well from World War II. You cannot appease evil. As many of you guys know, my father was Polish Catholic, but he grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto. And first he tried to help those inside, and then he went for the fight. He has seen evil firsthand. And believe me, if the Poles and the Americans and everybody in the world would realize they would have everybody in their might earlier than September 1st, 1939, would have taken out Hitler. Believe me. And so this is a moment right now. This is a turning point right now where they need to go in. And I think they need to level Gaza. There is no gray here because guess what's going to happen? They will rise up again if you just kind of do a little pinpoint. The thing I will say, Netanyahu has come out, the prime minister of Israel, and said to the citizens of Gaza, to the good citizens there, there are Palestinians there who I'm sure are not happy with what's happening and living under difficult situations. He is saying to those citizens, get out. You know, we're giving you a warning, get out. And he had said that, you know, realize we're coming in and striking. We have to go in and strike and we have to strike Hamas. We have to get them. They're also going to go in on the ground, as we know, because they're going to try to get these hostages. Israel has had a history of trying to rescue their hostages. There was a guy, there was an Israeli soldier who was taken about uh, a number of years ago. It's been. He was held for five years. They traded 1,000 Palestinian prisoners for that one Israeli soldier. They have had a history of honoring their military and trading. I don't know if they would make a trade today, but they will certainly try to go in at all costs and try to rescue those civilians and also soldiers that have been taken hostage. And also, by the way, there are reports tonight that there may be a number of Americans that have also been taken hostage, and they believe most of these hostages, if not all, are in Gaza as we speak. So it's going to be urban warfare at its fiercest, and it's going to be brutal, it's going to be ugly, and they must level Hamas. There is no gray. They must level Hamas. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and we'll continue with your calls after the break. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Israel fighting for its survival. What does it need to do now after the most brutal attacks it has experienced in decades? And again, coming literally right around the anniversary, the 50-year of the Yom Kippur War. Um, I want to play, this is cut number three, because as this is going on, there are chants of free Palestine in Times Square in New York. Take a listen. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. New York City, you will see. Palestine will be free. New York City, you will see. And just a little bit ago, listen to this Muslim man in Times Square. His message is chilling. We're done being tortured and hurt and judged. This is the correct religion. This is the religion that all of humanity needs to be a part of Islam. And we will not stop until it enters every home. So I want you to repeat after me. I want to hear it in every single district. It should tremble. Brooklyn should hear it. The Bronx should hear it. Queens should hear it. Say it as if the Ummah depends on this, my brothers and sisters. La ilaha worthy of worship except Allah, the God of Jesus, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, and the God of the last and final prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Chilling words coming from Times Square, New York. Where are the Democrats that are going after individuals? By the way, there's some Democrat socialists, some of the members of the squad coming out and saying, uh, well, it's basically equal what's happening to Israel and Gaza. Guess what? It's not that Hamas and Israel basically on the same. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Israel is an innocent country that was attacked brutally. Women and children brutalized, taken hostage, raped, tortured. That's okay. Are you kidding me? Where are The Democratic leadership, where's our president not coming out and condemning some of these horrible things that have been coming out from Democratic socialists that are breeding and feeding some of these really frightening, frightening comments that are coming out across the country? Let's go to Norm, line two. Norm, your thoughts about all of this? Oh, I got a lot of thoughts. Um, I lived in Israel for nine months of my life. I have family there. It's uh, this is very personal stuff for me. So anyway, um, yes, who's responsible? Uh, well, ultimately, the animal Hamas terrorists are responsible. But uh, uh, the Iranians who provided funds and arms to them, uh, the Chinese and probably the Russians for supplying arms and rockets to the Iranians and probably Hamas. And ultimately, um, well, the, our feckless U.S. president creating an atmosphere of chaos with the six billion dollars he provided to iran so um that's some of the things and now i listen i i am not absolutely going to lay uh bb out of the equation 
obviously there was a problem uh, there uh, with uh, the security forces. Yeah, listen, obviously Israel missed the mark. U.S. missed the mark on this because we would have tipped Israel off. Uh, They need to look at that, too. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where a man is, a man is in serious but stable condition after he had to be rescued from under a backhoe. According to Pittsburgh Public Safety, it happened around Saturday evening, and that's when they got a call for a man stuck under a rental backhoe behind a home. Really scary. The man was able to call 911 from his cell phone once he became trapped. Once the police, EMS, and fire crews arrived on the scene, they were able to locate the man. He was conscious and alert, but he was absolutely trapped. So police immediately closed off the road to traffic. Then they work with the paramedics and firefighters to get the man out from under the backhoe. Thankfully, they were able to get him out and get him to the hospital. He was taken to the hospital in serious but stable condition and treated for multiple leg fractures and also dislocations. But thankful, absolutely, to be alive. Meantime, we are talking, of course, about what happened to Israel and the Hamas attacks. There are reports tonight that anywhere from 1,100 to 1,600 people have been killed. And we're trying to get a number on the hostages. They believe that there are more than 100 at least hostages, including some Americans. And just a little bit ago, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said this about the hostages because we believe there may be some Americans among the hostages. We know that there are at least 11 Americans who've been killed, but there may be some that are now in the hands of Hamas. Now is the time for action. America needs a five-point plan to meet this moment, to help our ally Israel, and to strengthen our own future. The very first thing we need to do is rescue the American hostages. President Biden's number one priority right now must be finding out how many Americans have been taken hostage and get them home. From last night to this this morning, the number of American deaths have doubled from four to nine. This administration must also make clear that harming any American will result in the wrath of the United States. We cannot repeat what happened in Afghanistan. It must be clear that we do not negotiate with terrorists and no American will be left behind. And joining us now to talk about the situation in Israel and what needs to happen is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He's a retired Defense Department intel operative, 
also president of Project Sentinel and also the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, Tony, I know you've been in tough spots. Your thoughts of what Israel has to do to first, of course, save the hostages and also send a message to Hamas. Well, thank you, Reed, for having me. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. The uh, Israeli military and government are being restrained for purposes of trying to figure out where exactly these people were moved. And I I do believe that uh, you would have seen a lot more military action had they not done this. With that said, uh, at this point, uh, former Speaker McCarthy, I think, is saying more based on what he knows directly. And I've got the same basic information. Indications are the Biden administration knows that there are American hostages. They just don't want to talk about it for obvious reasons. And because of that, they're holding back. That's why Biden did not come out and say anything today. It's one of the big reasons. So we must work with the Israelis to first off ascertain where these people are to include uh, their hostages. Uh, We're probably going to see several dual citizen families who have been captured and and then work as quickly as possible. That's one of the reasons they moved uh, the carrier battle group in. I suspect we have more special operations forces now being deployed to go forward. The big thing, I I think, is to, once things start, get our people out, figure out a a plan for us to begin an enhanced uh, targeting using a spectrum of clandestine methodologies to make life very miserable for the Iranians. I I think that's something that's not been done since Donald Trump. And then, frankly, let let the Israelis go do what they do very well, which is defend themselves. Uh, There should be no calling for mitigation or restraint uh, on the Israelis and what they have to do. And there's been talk about how severe uh, they will handle the the Gaza Strip. Uh, I think it it needs to be very severe. It needs to be uh, severe to the point of where there cannot be any more attacks. Uh, Remember, Rita, there's 5,000 rockets fired from the Gaza Strip into the Israeli territory. Uh, and we must also then trace back with the Israelis who helped train, equip, and then coordinate these attacks. Because I'm telling you right now, there's no way uh, Hamas by itself could have done the immense uh, work of logistically moving all this stuff into their area by themselves. They could not have trained the terror group, the pilots who flew the paragliders in by themselves. All these things had to be coordinated by a third party, and I do believe that was Iran. So uh, we got to look past what happened to start taking action to both uh, bolster our uh, our people, uh, protecting our citizens overseas, and sending a st- very strong message. And I am not a neocon, but we must send a very strong message that if we are going to be challenged, if our people are going to be targeted, there's going to be very severe consequences. And one little point on that. You probably I know you recall that uh, Donald Trump in January of 2020 assassinated uh, General Soleimani, one of the senior leaders of the IRGC, the Quds Force of the Iranian Republic. Yep. Uh, Soleimani was responsible for not only uh, training and, and paying for the resistance against us in Afghanistan, he literally helped our militia and gave uh, specific uh, technology to those militia to kill Americans in Iraq. Uh, it was after his assassination, that is Soleimani's assassination, the Iranians took a step back because Trump made it personal. And that's what we have to do here. Uh, first off and foremost, there must be targeting of the leadership of these uh, organizations, of uh, 
the Iranian Quds Force and IRGC and the Hamas uh, terrorists so that there's a personal and direct cost. Because otherwise, Rita, uh, this is going to be uh, simply the beginning. This is going to be a, the, the, the Israeli version of 9-11, which I think, if you look at the numbers, it is at least as severe, if not more severe, than, the, than our 9-11. And if we don't work with them to push back against this horrific act, and I, I mean, I, I cannot put in words the brutality we've all seen in the videos of what happened, that we must work with them to push back and push back very hard so that this threat does not dare raise its head again any time in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, Tony, I have so many questions for you, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. First, first off, you talked about sort of the intelligence failure. How could this happen yeah. when Israel has the Iron Dome? This was obviously so planned out. They were coming from land, air, sea on gliders coming in. And just as you talked about, clearly very orchestrated. How could this happen with, you know, Israel having such great intel, um, America having such great intel, it sounds like everybody was flat-footed. They took a page out of the book of uh, strategic deception. We've done the same thing to other organizations and people. For example, during World War II, uh, Operation Garbo was part of uh, a larger operation called Operation Bodyguard, where the United States and British had doubled German uh, uh, spies and basically fed those spies false information back to Germany to deceive them regarding the time and date of the Normandy invasion, D-Day. So uh, I suspect that that's what happened here. The Mossad was literally taken to the cleaners. I think uh, there must have been some program, again, ran by a third party, probably the Iranians, who have the sophistication and scope to do this, to map out and understand all of the different sources the Mossad and and Israeli intelligence were, were looking at. Uh, and feeding false information, misleading information, to basically lull them into a sense of, of uh, stupor, to, to basically you know make them believe nothing's about to happen. Secondly, some of this is, I think, based on the internal strife within uh, Israel itself. I think Hamas saw the opportunity based on some of the internal political differences, and also obviously the Yom Kippur anniversary uh, 50 years ago uh, to the date of the Yom Kippur 73 war, I think these are all things that, that happened to really uh, just hit at the exact right time using the exact right methodology. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to whoever the intelligence officers who were on the other side because they did do a masterful job. With that said, Mossad had better get up, uh, wipe their bloody nose off, and get back in the game because, as you said, there's absolutely – uh, clear evidence that they did not see any of this coming whatsoever. And again, 5,000 rockets, you, those things had to be smuggled in. Uh, paragliding uh, aircraft, those, again, had to be smuggled in. Yeah, bulldozers, apparently, any, you know, tanks, right. and or not tanks, but right. uh, big pickup trucks and bulldozers. Right. I mean, come on. So, so there had to be some level of, uh, I always know this from, from seeing these guys, terrorists for the past uh, 35, 40 years, there's always rehearsals. There's always indicators because they have to rehearse and be prepared to to execute. And again, on the day that they decided to do it, it was well executed, well planned and flawless. The other thing I I need to say, and and this is going to probably upset some folks, this attack uh, strengthens any justification for our Second Amendment. One of the things Hamas did know is that they would go into unarmed civilian enclaves and with impunity kill people because nobody was armed. So. This, is, this needs to be a lesson that we can never allow uh, uh, groups of citizens to not be prepared to invest in their own defense. And uh, clearly, had there been people 
like like here in America. You know, you didn't have to have a lot, but you had to have some who could have pushed back and essentially set up safe places for the civilians to go or be defended. You would not have seen the mass casualties. And unfortunately, I think we're going to see uh, over a thousand dead when when everything is said and done. Yeah, and in fact, uh, there are some reports, Tony, that now there's at least a thousand, maybe up to sixteen hundred. Um, I I don't want to have you like reveal sources or whatever, but are you hearing anything about how many Americans could potentially be held hostage? Oh, I think it's double what they're. uh, I'm I'm sorry, the 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 death count is double what they're saying, and they're thinking that there's at least a dozen hostages from my sources. Wow, of Americans, uh, at least a dozen Americans is what. Wow, which is which is really, and we know that there's eleven Americans killed. So. What happens? How does how does America, like you just said, the special forces, how does the Mossad, how do they get in? Because the only way to get some of these hostages is it's going to be bloody. It's urban warfare. It's going house to house. Right. What it's probably they're probably in the tunnels there uh, under Gaza, which uh, I know, you know, about, too, where a lot of times they hide their armament and, and where they're digging to come into Israel. I mean, they, they've had a history of that. How do we get to them? Um, and this is going to be really tough. It's going to be very tough. And I think there's two things that, that need to be done. I think there's going to be some level of signature. These people have to be housed. They have to be fed. Uh, there's going to be differences that uh, that can be observed relating to patterns. Those are the things we're going to have to look very careful for. And secondly, you know, Gaza, is, as much as it's a, there's 2 million people, is still a very compact area. So, you're, you're talking about probably two dozen locations that you could adequately store dozens of, of, of people in a uh, in a prison type environment. Although, do you think they're uh, putting them together? Or do you think they're putting them in different places? Maybe you're going to have to put them in together in clusters to take care of them. You can't disperse them completely out to the four winds. There's going to have to be some level of of of, of keeping them together for purposes of being able to bring them in, do interviews and things like that. So. I think they're going to have some way to retrieve them very rapidly, which means that you're not going to have them all together all in, in one location, but you're going to have probably, again, about a dozen locations where they're within arm's reach. And I think that's going to be the opportunity that both uh, our special operations forces and, and, the, and the Israelis are going to look at. And secondly, uh, I'm going to say this and be blunt, uh, there's a good chance that you you will see at least half those hostages killed before this is over. It's a, it's a grim reality, but... Uh, we've learned uh, from actually having given away, uh, dealt with, and, and paid off terrorist organizations that nothing good's from, good, good comes from appeasing terrorists. Again, uh, we've gotten here because of the serial appeasement by the Biden administration, uh, because the belief is if you take hostages, they're a great bargaining chip, and you're simply going to get money back. Uh, from holding them. And this is something that we cannot continue to do. Yeah. And um, before I let you go, Tony, too, you hit it on the head, the appeasement. The Biden administration just said, "Okay, we're going to unfreeze six billion dollars. You know, the White House is trying to say, oh, well, they couldn't have used it for the arms, but money's fungible. So suddenly they know they got six billion that they can use in arms. And then they know that six billion is going to come uh, to help for humanitarian or whatever, even if they use it just for humanitarian, which I don't even believe they'll just do that. But regardless, of, uh, this is this is such a message. This administration has been so cowtailing to Iran. They've been so desperate, and there's been a history. Uh, we've seen it with the Obama-Biden administration, and now here we are with the Biden-Kamala Harris administration. Uh, they seem to be cowtailing at every turn. And as soon as they got that money, 
They decided, okay, well, we're not going to have any inspections. We're not going to have this. They've been thumbing their nose, and we've done nothing. Jake Sullivan announced what they're trying to do uh, in one of his recent commentaries at the Atlantic uh, with the Atlantic where he said, oh, everything is quiet. (laughs) Well, it's because they are trying to create this veneer that everything is integrated. That is woke uh, speak for we just want everybody to get along. They have this high school U.N. model view of the world where they believe appeasing people, Rita, is the solution. And that's how they've done it. And and, and frankly, all they've done essentially is uh, allow a, a wound to become infected to the point of where it's it's now the only solution is going to be to amputate uh, the limb because they have so badly damaged the reputation of the United States by this appeasement. And frankly, uh, this rosy view of the Middle East, uh, they don't want to address uh, uh, grievances which go back before the Ottoman Empire, for goodness sake. Until those are resolved, you're not going to have resolution and peace. And we were on the path of res- re- revol- revol- resolving some of those with, with the Abraham Accords. Yep. As a matter of fact, I think the Saudi Arabian agreement with the Israelis was about to be signed. That's one of the reasons I, I think the Iranians encouraged Hamas to act to disrupt that. So uh, we've got to get away from appeasement, go back to working to resolve differences, and do that through a series of, uh, of negotiations as well as having a, a hammer to use when necessary and not be afraid to use that hammer. One thousand percent. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, thank you so much for being with us. You always have such great insight and it's such an important news day and news night. Thank you for being with us, Tony. Right. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. We're going to take your calls, everybody. When we come back, 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, it is quite a disheartening news night. Uh, You just heard also from Tony Schaefer, Lieutenant Colonel, retired DOD operative who has great military contacts still, uh, saying that his sources are essentially saying that there's about a dozen American hostages that have been taken by the Gaza terrorists. Boy, let's pray for them tonight because this is going to get very difficult, very tough. Uh, 11 Americans we know have been killed so far. We also know that the Hamas terrorists overall have probably at least 100 people in captivity. And you just heard from Tony, who knows that area. That was interesting what he said, that there's probably a dozen locations within reach where they may be stored if they're being stored together. Um, so maybe that limits at least where the Israelis could target to try to get them to safety. So let's pray that they get these hostages because we are hearing now Hamas saying that it plans to start executing them. A number of them have been seen being executed on videotape, posted on social media. It is gore. It's gory. It's horrific. Uh, and it is brutal. And this is going to be just a really difficult period for not just Israel, but for the world. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line two. And BJ, it was so great meeting you today also at, at the, uh, I have to say it was Columbus Day. And uh, it was a weird day to have a parade, but parades are scheduled far in advance but it was nice to uh, take a break from what's been a very difficult time in the world. And it was great to meet you. 
Oh, lovely to meet you. It's a memory I'll cherish. And just for your audience sake, you are a hundred times more beautiful and lovely. And I've met celebrities all over the place and you're, you're right up there. You're right up there among the nicest, kindest, sweetest people that ever could be met. Oh, so, BJ, th- well, right back at you. When you say this is BJ, I went, oh, my God. It was such a treat. <laughs> I want to say thank you because it was such a treat to see you and Pete was there and a oh, whole great. bunch of other folks. It made my day awesome. So thank you. Be loved and, and respected. And all of your colleagues feel that way. We all agree about that. No matter, And, and the fans on the show, we all agree about that. We love Rita. We disagree on politics, maybe, on little sh- uh, great disagreements, little ones. But, you know, we can all agree that we love Rita. So oh, that's good. Thank you, BJ. Right back at you, my friend. Um, we just have a little bit left. What, what do you think needs to happen now, too, with uh, sadly, with this horrible situation with Israel? Yeah, this is Biden. Uh, this is weakness. This is what happens. Never would have happened under Trump. The enemy uh, 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 senses weakness. And, you know, when you this is why an open border is important. This is why a constitution is important. This is why a Second Amendment's important. And that kook that you played in Times Square and all that business going on, this is why we can't have sanctuary cities and let anybody who wants to come here just come in here and... Absolutely. BJ, we got a heart out. I love you and appreciate you. Great points. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just coming in tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, uh, the U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez, saying, quote, he is deeply distressed by Israel's order for complete siege of Gaza. Are you kidding me? The United Nations that has done nothing to defend basically Israel every single time votes against Israel, it seems. Because Russia and China are part of the Security Council, you have the head of the U.N. issuing a statement minutes ago saying that he is deeply distressed by Israel's order for a complete siege of Gaza. What is Israel supposed to do, Mr. Secretary General? Shame on you. Stand up and have some leadership in the world. And then we have seen protests in Times Square also from individuals who are saying Israel's the occupying force. Some of those started hours after the attacks by the Hamas terrorists. What planet are these people on? Don't they understand? We are on the verge of potentially a world war. And this president, our president's doing nothing. You have the security secretary general there of the U.N. saying Israel basically shouldn't be so aggressive. Are you kidding me? Level the Hamas, level every single building that they take care of. Obviously, try to get the good people out. But this is insane. 
And this comes as the word is that Israel is amassing troops and tanks near Gaza ahead of what they believe will be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, ground invasion in Israeli history. And no doubt after 5,000 rockets were launched at them by Hamas terrorists over the weekend. Just a little bit ago, Israel's president, Israel's prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, delivered this statement. Take a listen. Israel is at war. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. Once the Jewish people were stateless, once the Jewish people were defenseless, no longer. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them and Israel's other enemies for decades to come. The savage attacks that Hamas perpetrated against innocent Israelis are mind-boggling, slaughtering families in their homes, massacring hundreds of young people at an outdoor festival, kidnapping scores of women, children, and elderly, even Holocaust survivors. Hamas terrorists bound, burned, and executed children. They are savages. Hamas is ISIS. And just as the forces of civilizations united to defeat ISIS, the forces of civilization must support Israel in defeating Hamas. I want to thank President Biden for his unequivocal support. I want to thank leaders across the world who are standing with Israel today. I want to thank the people and Congress of the United States of America. In fighting Hamas, Israel is not only fighting for its own people. It is fighting for every country that stands against barbarism. Israel will win this war. And when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. And there are gruesome reports tonight uh, that an elderly woman was executed, her home burned right there, that they are raping women, that they are executing and beheading Israeli soldiers. So it is going to be gruesome. It is barbaric. And it is brutal. And how dare the U.N. Secretary General put out a word that he's distressed of Israel's response in Gaza? Are you kidding me? Shame on the Secretary General. If the United Nations had any sort of sense of leadership, uh, there wouldn't be uh, this sort of gray tactic. They would stand up and defend Israel, which has just been attacked mercilessly. If you're not going to defend the attacks against Holocaust survivors and children? What does it take, Mr. Secretary General? I am disgusted at that comment tonight. And this comes as there are women and families all over the world pleading, begging that their families will be saved because we know that the Hamas terrorists have over 100 uh, hostages, we are told. And Tony Schaefer, who joined us in the last hour, saying that his intel sources are saying that they may have about a dozen Americans held hostage. This is really scary stuff, guys. Also, we know that President Biden is going to be addressing the country tomorrow uh, with an update. We may get more details from him then. Uh, we know that also the carrier strike group, the USS Gerald Ford, which is the new strike group, which has fighter jets and lots of capabilities attached to it, that is now in the region 
and things are going to get very difficult and very brutal, and especially if there are efforts to try to rescue Americans and, of course, everybody who is held hostage right now. Uh, Take a listen to this very emotional comment. This is from a woman um, who is begging for the rescue of a family that she knows her family. It was her cousin and her cousin's family. Uh, This is Cut 28. And she was on CNN earlier today. And take a listen to her. And and also you can hear uh, the CNN host, Anderson Cooper, get very emotional, as I think you will, too. When I heard this, I was very emotional. Terrorists seizing the cousin and her two small children. Thank you. All the institutions of the world that help kidnap civilians, please do something to force Hamas to release them alive. This is a president's. Nothing like this happened before. We need everyone's help. We need the president of Turkey. We need the king of Egypt. We need everyone to help us. Please. I'm sorry, I'm so emotional. CNN's Hadas Gold is in Jerusalem for us tonight. Hadas, Hamas had just issued a new threat involving civilian hostages. Can you talk about that? Really difficult stuff. Really emotional to hear. What are your thoughts when you hear all this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith, line four. Judith, uh, really painful to hear that. Hi. I'm having a hard time. Hold on a sec. Give me a, give me a minute. Rita, listen. <clears throat> First of all, this Guterres guy, I wonder if he'd talk the same tune if his family was killed and slaughtered in front of him. You know, this little six-year-old was killed in front of the family just for that. The two-year-olds were separated from their kids. They're in some birdcage out there being hostages. All this is terrible, but I want to tell you something, uh, a few things. Number one, um, I, I cannot believe for a minute that there wasn't some sort of inside cooperation, traitorous inside cooperation as well. There's no possible. They must they must to turn to turn a blind eye on all this. There's no way that for five hours these people ought to just, like, go in there and get their hostages and easily go out of there and nothing, no resistance, nothing. There had to be some sort of traitorous cooperation. I don't know how deep, how far. I know BB's hated, but it's more than that. Um, no, the the, by, by, is, the, by the way, Judith, the other, too, before I, and I'll mm-hmm. definitely let you say the next thing. You know what I'm thinking of? This happened, though, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, there in Israel. Um, it also happened... Uh, when there was like a big concert going on, it was during Yom Kippur, um, you know, it was a high holy day. So it was sort of a family time. So, you know, and and apparently Hamas had been reaching out, talking about uh, a bit of a kumbaya, obviously pretending to be moving closer and more comfortable and, and that things were better, that there was maybe some positive strides between relations between Hamas and the Israelis. Well, meantime, they were planning uh, this deadly attack. So they're, uh, they were obviously a huge intel- intelligence failure, but the timing, they picked that time. There's clearly why, because they thought, oh, gosh, okay, there's a big festival. It's right near the border. 
Here's what's going to happen. It's in the wee hours. We're going to pretend and they're just going to think things are, are good between us. And uh, they just pulled a, a tremendous guise. But and you're right, there will be a huge after action report as to what went horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, go ahead, well, Judith. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But on the other hand, this is Israel. This, they're always on the alert. No, no I agree. What, no I agree. Relaxing. And you know what? I've got news for you. There are people there that sit down and you don't even know where they are. They're, they they watch the cyber. They watch everything. They're, they're on, they should be, and they usually are on top of their game. So something tells me, something doesn't smell right. I'm sorry, Rita. No, but, but, right. by, by the way, you, I, you know, yep. Judith, you bring up actually a really great point because it mm. just seems so uh, stunning. I mean, there was some yeah. resistance, but it was so minimal um, that yeah. you're, you're right. You may be spot on because it is it is just so shocking how, quote, off guard they were. And you're right. They've always been at so, war. Rita, so here, here, Rita, I'm always trying to look for solutions. And I have to tell you, I was talking to someone very close related to me, and he is a genius in playing chess. I don't know how to play chess, but I know when you play chess, you make a move, the other person makes a counter move back and forth, right? So this hostage situation is really, really scary. And this uh, person told me the only way to, to play their game is to get your own hostages, which means Israel should go in. And he says, more importantly, get the imams. Why the imams? Because the imams, besides being like, you know, part of a deal, like they really preach in their mosque, whatever, but it's the people that love their imams and glorify them. So if you get them as hostages, then you've got some leverage to say, hey, look, you want your imams back? You give us back our hostages, we'll give you back yours. Otherwise, whatever you do, you're taking a big risk that's on you. You got to do something because, like this, they're sitting ducks and they're, and it's just like what I don't hear anything else. No, you bring up you bring up a great point. Um, the, you know, the thing is, Israel is you know nobler. You know, I, I mean, you know, they even even just before they started going in and pounding Gaza, they put a message out saying, you know, good citizens, you know, uh, good Palestinian citizens and, and others that are there in Gaza, get out. Uh, because we're going to start Rita. leveling the place. But you're right. They don't play. I hear what you're saying. But you want to stoop to their level of barbarism? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Who's saying? We're saying you want your imams alive? Then you give us back our people alive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, right? no, no. I I hear you. And, and, and they probably have to do something. Um, because it is going to get really, really ugly. And, and you, you bring up an interesting point about somebody of value because you probably know this, Judith, but they've had a history. Israel, when they make trades for hostages, they treasure obviously everybody. Uh, but when like say a soldier has been taken, there was a soldier that was taken. It was a young soldier a number of years ago and he was held captive for five years by the Palestinians. And guess what happened? Uh, they finally got him out. They traded a thousand Palestinian prisoners for one Israeli soldier. That's how much they. So you have to. I, I agree. There's got to be something uh, proportionate that they could put a value on, as opposed to saying we're going to let go of. I'm sure the you know they're they're trying to bargain the release of you know every single Palestinian and every single terrorist around the globe right now to get the release of some of these hostages or even one. I mean, these maybe they don't even want to release them. They seem to want to put their debts on, you know, on social media. These people are animals. They're brutal. Uh, the problem is Israel still plays by, you know, the rules of war. 
And sadly, with these people, and I'm talking about Hamas, the rules of war are not present. Uh, these are ruthless, merciless animal killers, and there's no gray with them. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think, I, even a trade, I wouldn't even trust that the trade was accurate because they don't get. You know, the problem is, Judith, they don't care about dying. That's the scary thing when you're dealing with it. As you think about, you know, the kamikaze pilots of Japan. Remember during Pearl Harbor, they didn't care. Like they they said, oh, we're you know, we're going to go see heaven afterwards. And that's what these people think. We're going to go see Allah. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, they they don't they don't you know, they don't care. They don't value life. They don't value their own life. And that's really scary place to be. Let's go to Steve real quick on line four. Steve, your thoughts. Yes. um, The in World War Two, the Japanese ambassador was talking to our secretary of state talking about negotiations for peace while the fighters were on their way to Pearl Harbor. Wow. Wow. And look what happened here. Uh, They were reaching out with trying to pretend like there was an olive branch. Um, And also, by the way, I just talked about the kamikaze fighters. Remember in World War II, those Japanese didn't care. They knew they were going to their deaths. And it was like an honor to do it, you know, for Japan, you know, for the emperor. So, I mean, and and these people, they just, they don't value life. They don't value their own life. And that's a scary place to be. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And sadly, tonight, the Mideast on fire. As Israel is saying, the response will be like never before after Hamas has killed, according to reports, anywhere from 1,100 to 1,600 people, many of them civilians, many of them women and children. And again, they are posting horrific videos using the victim's cell phones, putting them up on their social media accounts so their followers are seeing the brutality of what the hostage takers and killers have done to them. It is just horrific, and it is war at its worst. And this comes after, of course, President Biden decided to unfreeze $6 billion to the Iranian regime, which backs Hamas and Hezbollah. And those are the two, of course, that have masterminded this attack, especially Hamas. There's no way Hamas did it alone. The Wall Street Journal saying it is clear that Iran was behind this, that they have information from senior Hamas officials. Meantime, uh, the White House, listen to what Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor for President Biden, said not too long ago. And what we said is we want to depressurize de-escalate and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19 month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Uh, I think Jake Sullivan is eating crow tonight uh, because the Middle East is on fire. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Bob. Line one. Uh, Bob, what needs to happen now? Sullivan is a total disgrace. He should be fired. Um, also, I hope the special forces have been notified because I'll tell you right now, Rita, if the Navy SEALs come across these savages in those tunnels, 
I feel bad for those savages. <laughs> By the way, I do too. And and you know what? Um, with these savages too, there is no gray. Uh, we have to wipe Hamas off the face of this earth. I feel so strong about it, Bob, because if we leave it partially done, and I'm talking about Israel, because Israel doesn't necessarily need our military help. Uh, they have a great, strong military, and they've called up. Uh, this is the biggest call-up in Israeli history, essentially, uh, as they're about to launch this land invasion. Of course, they're hitting them from the skies. Uh, but they are planning on wiping Hamas out, and they need to do it quickly. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we get to honor our great military and their families, a really powerful story coming from Mount Dora, Florida, where resident John Papa John McCrary, who's a World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam War veteran, was surprised on his 95th birthday with a community drive-by parade, a flyover, and a special gift that brought him to tears. McCrary said his return from the Vietnam War was a thankless homecoming, like many veterans, which is why during this celebration he was presented with an official Vietnam veteran welcome home lapel pin. The veteran said, uh, boy, this is an incredible honor. I am moved beyond words. And many residents from the community came out to salute him. Many people who knew him, neighbors, but also many people from the police department and everyday citizens. Just to give you a little bit of background, he was born in the midst of the Great Depression. And veteran McCrary joined the Navy at age 17 and faced many challenges he became a CB and was later stationed in the Philippines, Korea, and Guam. Throughout his 27 years of service, veteran McCrary was part of the underwater demolition team six, a precursor of the infamous SEAL Team Six. And he was tasked with testing nuclear bombs, exposing him to significant radiation, but it earned him the title also of Master Blaster. Wow, what an incredible hero! And he was asked, uh, what's the one piece of advice for those who are celebrating with him? What do you give to everybody? He said, listen to the man that's in charge. You really don't think about how old you are until you get there with friends like you guys who could ask for anything else. Listen to people in charge. And he pointed up to the sky to God. What a beautiful, beautiful message And also, bravo to this great veteran and, of course, all of our World War II, Korean, Vietnam War veterans and so many others. We love you all. We appreciate you all here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we know that the U.S. military is now in position there and it is right there ready to defend Israel. It's also may play a role in going in potentially to get what we are hearing may be American hostages. Uh, you heard just a little bit earlier on the show, Tony Schaefer from his sources, they're saying that there may be as many as a dozen American hostages. That's not confirmed. We're getting mixed messages from the White House. Many of them are saying that they will not talk about it yet. We're supposed to hear from President Biden tomorrow at one o'clock. And it will be interesting to see what he says, because he has not been very strong 
uh, in the past. I think about at this moment the fact that he said, oh, if there's a minor incursion and then Russia goes in and invades Ukraine. We think about the pullout of Afghanistan, which was dismal. The mixed messages, of course, on China, very soft on China, what that means for Taiwan. And here we are right now on the precipice where the Mideast literally is in flames. We have Israel standing by, tanks and troops amassing, ready to begin what looks like a massive, massive ground invasion. And they have bombarding Gaza from the air with repeated rocket attacks trying to pound Hamas to the ground and also at some point go in to try to rescue some of the hostages and get some of the leadership either taken out or taken into captivity for questioning, for interrogation by the Israelis, uh, those part of the Hamas leadership. The question is, too, what role is Iran in all of this? Uh, Likely, clearly, they have played a major role. Uh, Hamas gets funded by Iran. They're fueled by Iran. We heard from Iran, I thought one of the most chilling moments that I heard right after the attacks, and it was on Saturday, our time, midday, the Iranian parliament was chanting, death to Israel, death to America. They were cheering and chanting. It gave me just a pit in my stomach, literally hours after the world got to know what happened by Hamas and the attack. Uh, All these civilians being dragged, brutalized, killed. Citizens, can you imagine? Mostly like teenagers and and young people that were there at this music concert. 260 women, children, uh, you know, young adults that were at that location at a very peaceful family concert. Suddenly, it turned into hell on earth. And they were just mowed down. People said that they just saw these militants come in and open fire on the crowd. And it's an enormous crowd right there near the Gaza border. Nobody ever imagined that that would happen. And yet, soon afterwards, there are these protests that are taking place all over the country. Some of them against Israel. And listen to what I think is one of the most chilling comments I've heard so far. This is a Muslim man in Times Square tonight in New York City and listen to what he said at one of those rallies. And it was a packed rally in New York City. We're done being tortured and hurt and judged. This is the correct religion. This is the religion that all of humanity needs to be a part of Islam. And we will not stop until it enters every home. So I want you to repeat after me. I want to hear it in every single district. It should tremble. Brooklyn should hear it. The Bronx should hear it. Queens should hear it. Say it as if the Ummah depends on this, my brothers and sisters. La ilaha illallah. worthy of worship except Allah, the God of Jesus, the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, and the God of the last and final prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Some chilling words. There were also other ones over the weekend where they were chanting, kill the Jews. A U.S. official saying this is the most lethal assault, what happened over the weekend to the state of Israel against Jews since the Holocaust. That's how horrific it is. And there are protesters out there 
that think it's okay to go out there and chant death to the Jews and are jubilant. That is shameful. Here is pro-Israeli protesters shouting back at anti-Israeli protesters in Times Square. Shame on you! 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 And then there were members of the so-called squad. These are, of course, sort of the Democratic Socialists, if you will, that are in Congress. And I'm talking about Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, people like that, who've come out and said, oh, there's no reason for Israel to continue its oppression. Uh, What are you talking about? You know, this is a statement from Rashida Tlaib. Uh, saying, I grieve the Palestinian and Israeli lives lost yesterday, today, and every day. Wait a minute. Israel was just assaulted, and they're equating this, saying that she also further says this is a member of Congress, Rashida Tlaib, saying that routinely uh, she has accused Israel in the past of ethnic cleansing and being an apartheid state, and says, quote, This is a statement she put recently. As long as our country provides billions in unconditional funding to support the apartheid government, this heartbreaking cycle of violence will continue like Israel asked for it. How dare you? Where are the common sense politicians speaking out? I'm happy to see that New York Governor Kathy Hochul condemned a lot of the rhetoric that was coming out of these anti-Israel rallies. I wish she would condemn Rashida Tlaib. I wish she would condemn Ilhan Omar and some of the rhetoric because it is just downright shameful. And by the way, the first comment that came out of the U.S. government, this is from the U.S. Office for Palestinian Affairs based in Israel. When the first statement came out of the attack, It wasn't, we absolutely condemn Hamas. No, no, no. It says, we urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terrorists and violence solve nothing. Asking Israel to stand down? Are you kidding me? After they were assaulted? That's like saying, okay, you just endured 9-11. America, stand down. Violence does nothing. That is disgusting it's that kind of apathy and pathetic nature that i think stokes further problems in the middle east and it's coming from people in our u.s government albeit a small group but that small group should be kicked out of government and you have elon omar suggesting that we shouldn't be funding anymore sending any more u.s weapons to quote back war crimes in israel war crimes in israel did you see what they're doing to women and children, Hamas? What planet are these people on? And here is Kevin McCarthy, of course, uh, the former House Speaker, who, by the way, might throw his name back in again. Who knows? we got to hurry up and get a House Speaker so government can keep going and so we can make sure that we're protecting Israel. But here he is. He's a great friend of Israel. And he was just shocked by what he was seeing, not just from Hamas, but by Democrats in Congress. Take a listen. We have to destroy Hamas. This is a terrorist organization. This is not something that you have to go in and try to 
beat back. It has to be destroyed. And the concern here is the buildup to allow this to happen, the appeasement from this administration. But the shockingness of those on the other side of the aisle, Congresswoman Tlaib, in May, she tried to have an anti-Semitic event. I shut down the room that she wanted to hold it. She called Israel uh, uh, from a terrorist state. Then the other thing that she recently did, she put out a press release today literally saying part of this is caused because Americans provide resources to Israel. And you know what? The leader, Hakeem Jeffries, his comment was no comment. Biden, the president of the United States, has not even condemned this. Neither of them have. This is an atrocity that's happening in America itself, that they've watched a shared relationship. The only country in what we find the Middle East that has democracy, that's been our greatest supporter, sitting and being silent about this. It is shocking that they would allow that. Are they so afraid of the squad members? that they're going to let them slam Israel, our greatest ally, and say that it was their aggression that caused this? That is reckless, that is dangerous, and that is nuts. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Hudson in the Bronx, line four. Hudson, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Good. What do you think should happen now, and why do you think this happened? Well, I think that... One of the first things that happened, and I actually agree with one of your callers that, I, you know, I, I really think that they knew about this. Somebody did. There's nobody that didn't go on the radar. But my question for you is Donald Trump, everyone knew he wasn't one of, you know, negotiating with terrorists and stuff and everything. And my question for you is would they have gone in there and would they have taken all those people as hostages if not only A, what just happened on the weekend with the swap of bodies and $6 billion, but everyone forgets that Biden also swapped the WNBA player for the Lord of War, the number one arms dealer. And you're telling me that that guy doesn't have a hand in everything that's going on in Ukraine and Russia and probably even this? That's my question. Have a good night. By the way, Hudson, that's a great question. I don't think that they would have done it under Trump. There's no question. And in fact, uh, look at even history. There were no wars in 2016 to 2020. I mean, you look at in terms of no new wars. During that time, of course, Afghanistan was still happening and he was doing the pullout, but there were no new powder kegs, if you will, during his time. And even Kim Jong-un, who was speaking out, remember, he called him Rocket Man um, and met with him. And, you know, all these things that happened um, simmered down under Trump because they were scared of him. I think they were scared. And sadly, in that part of the world, When you're dealing with thugs, the only thing they understand is force. The only thing people like Hamas understand is force. The Iranians, force. Putin, force. North Korea, force. China, force. And they're seeing a wimp in the White House. And you're exactly right that I think that this appeasement of this administration has absolutely created this powder keg. The other thing, too, you know, you talked about... The trade, uh, Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death, Victor Boot, Victor Boot. That guy uh, was one of the worst of the worst. And you're right. Uh, we made a trade that I'm. Listen, I'm happy Brittany Griner's out, and I hope, by the way, all the people that have been taken hostage that are now in Gaza that they get out, especially Americans, everybody, Israelis too, of course, everybody. I hope. Um, but the minute you start negotiating with these monsters, 
they take advantage of you. And we just gave them, not only did we give them that trade with Victor Boot for Brittany Griner, the NBA player, uh, remember also, you look at the other elements here, um, you look at what's going on. Uh, they took Evan Gerskovich. That's the Wall Street Journal reporter. Soon after that, he's still there. Uh, that's Russia. Now let's go back to where we are here. We did the trade with Iran, and it was five for five. Remember, five hostages for five hostages, and then we gave them $6 billion. Uh, I mean, uh, there is something so out of whack. They see weakness. They smell it. Uh, They know that Americans are willing to pay a price, which is why they're taking the hostages, why they're taking advantage of this window. And they also saw the possibility of peace coming on the pipeline with um, also with Israel and Saudis. So they wanted to stop that. They also don't know who's going to be in the White House next go round. I mean, if I'm a bad guy, I hate to say this. I think about taking advantage of this time because I smell a super weak president who's appeasing dictators around the world, including Iran, paying out big money. And you don't know who's coming in next. It may be some it may be Trump. And the dictators won't be happy about that one, which is a good thing for us because you need security and we need a closed border because who knows who else has come through our southern border. We don't know who's in this country. And that's a whole other thing. I worry about sleeper cells and a whole bunch of other things that have come through our wide open southern border. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. As Israel is amassing, preparing for what looks like a ground invasion of Gaza, trying to rescue the hostages and take out the bad guys, and there are many. This is what General Jerry Boykin has to say of the strategy. He said there should be no mercy, and Gaza should be in rubble when Israel is done. Everybody, to include our president, if in fact he asked for moderation and proportionality or whatever terms he used is the dead wrong approach to this. Because if they don't clean this place out, that being Gaza and the Hamas people that are living in Gaza, if they don't clean that out now, they're going to get it again, but they're going to have the advantage of knowing uh, what some of the techniques that they could use would do and how successful They were in this, and that is a a leg up for them. Scary times, and they must wipe out Hamas. And also, the more details they get behind Iran, they've got to take out some of those who played a role, as Wall Street Journal is reporting, and others, uh, in this training, masterminding this horrific attack. Let's go to Pete, line six. Uh, Pete, it was great to see you, by the way, earlier today at the parade. You look great. Great to see you and your husband and my ABC family. Uh, I got a chance to tell uh, John, uh, thank you for what he's done for the station, and it's the truth that comes out of the station. But we are, and and Chad Lopez, the same thing, I was able to speak with him. Uh, We are, this is World War III. 
we are involved in this. They're using these hostages for human shields. They're putting them where they have their weapons. I spoke to somebody in Israel, one of Renee's cousins, who's in the uh, army there, and he told, that's what he told me, he says, they're using these people as human shields. They're putting them where the weapons are. This is, I, I, I can't think of a solution. It's barbaric. It, it is barbaric. And- Pete, you, you are so right. It's horrific. It's barbaric. Uh, again, it was great to see you. And Pete, thank you so much. Everybody, pray for those hostages. Pray for Israel. Pray for the Americans. And we'll have more tomorrow night. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.